Welcome to the 99 Black Podcast. My name is Wes, and I am here with Connor. Hey, guys. So before recording, I got a little too excited with my snicker bar, and uh, it was kind of clogging my throat. The funny thing is that this is like an early morning recording. Yeah, it's you literally, what, 9.50. And you literally smoked down a <laughs> Snickers bar for breakfast. Well, uh, I think it does have protein in it. <laughs> I'm not sure. The almonds or the peanuts. Yeah. So, uh, so thanks, guys, for listening. And uh, we're here to equip you to be uh, the black sheep of culture. That's what we're going to try to do. Like Connor said, it is um, early morning. It's not really early, but I've been on vacation this week. And uh, so have you. Yeah, same. And so, like, we're kind of recording earlier in the day. We usually record it closer to nighttime or maybe when Connor gets off work. So I'm a little groggy because (laughs) we went to the beach yesterday. And uh, so my wife is into, like, yours too. It's like holistic approach to life, which I appreciate. Yeah. I'm not going to lie. Like, I do appreciate it. Um, So I've been joking all week that she says that, um, if you don't wear sunglasses, then you're less prone to sunburn because your brain is able to tell you like that the sun is out. And I believe that. So I've been joking all week saying that if I go to the beach and I just stare at the sun for five minutes, that I won't get sunburn. And, uh, we've been like going on, going on and on about this. And, uh, so we went to the beach. I even took a picture of me like staring like near the sun or whatever and sent it to a friend. Um, but she also uses like sunscreen that is homemade. Um, but apparently we didn't apply it enough because I got sunburned. <laughs> I thought this story was going to go totally different. No, I got sunburned. I thought you were going to convince everybody that it worked. <laughs> no. Uh, well, I think it, I don't know. I mean, I'm sure there, I, I guarantee you there's a connection between, you know, letting your brain know it's sunny outside. That makes sense to me. Um, and I was just exaggerating a little bit with the, like, acting like I was going to stare at the sun. But I think we didn't apply it enough. We were out there for, like, four hours, and we all got pretty red. But, like, it could be worse. could be much worse. I'm not a redheaded guy. Yeah, so. you could be redheaded. Yeah. And, um, I literally I went to the beach as well, to my hometown in the Outer Banks. Um, and OBX. My daughter, thank the Lord that she's got my wife's skin because she's a copper tone baby. My wife can sit out in the sun and not have to apply sunscreen. Me, dude, I applied it twice, still got burnt. And my daughter took a nap on my chest. I got burnt. She tanned up. Yeah. Like golden. So, um, but yeah, I'm excited. Well, I wore too. one of those uh, fisherman type caps. Yeah. And when I do wear stuff like that, you know, I'm I'm 35. I've kind of been trying to cope with the fact that I, I'm like year old. I'm dad phase, 35 year old. You know, and when I put that hat on, it was like mm. it was like putting the white New Balances on. Yeah, I was about to say, <laughs> get the tube socks out and the white. Yeah, new it was like you you are a dad officially. There, like if there was ever any question, and even more so because I didn't care. I was just like, it is what it is. You get and to that point. It's gonna keep my ears from getting burnt. So that's yeah. all that matters. So uh, enough about my escapades with sunscreen and everything. We want to get into uh, the passage for today, which is in Matthew. And last week we talked about 
the beginning of the Sermon on the Mount. This is in Matthew chapter 5. We talked about the Beatitudes, um, and we talked about some of our favorite ones. One of the major points that I like expounded upon as we went through the Beatitudes was that I really liked how when you did whatever the beatitude said, it, like they would say, you're blessed if you do this. Je- this is Jesus talking. He's like, you're blessed if you do this. You're blessed if you do this. But it was all pointing to like, you're blessed when you recognize your need for Christ. That was like one of the biggest things that stood out in the beatitudes. Do you remember what one of the biggest things that maybe stood out to you during the those verses? Because what those verses do is they lead right into what we're going to talk about today. Uh, I think the biggest one that stood out to me was uh, God blesses those whose hearts are pure, for they will see God. Yeah. Um, and like I said, I used the connection to the only other person I know that had seen God's um, was Moses, right? Mm-hmm. And that had to go through a whole lot, lot of thing and that change of heart. Uh, we get to kind of do what, more than what, in my head, like in an analogy, is like what Moses got to see is just crazy. So... That was a big one to me. Yeah, so when you do the Beatitudes, mm-hmm. when when you kind of actually follow through with these actions, what happens next is you become the salt and light to the world. And that's what we're going to read today, right? Oh, yeah. We're going to talk about being salty and lit. I was waiting for it. <laughs> <laughs> salty and lit. I had a shirt that said that a while back. Um, and when you think about being the world... Saying that the people in the world are salty and lit is a pretty accurate description. <laughs> like people are salty, they're yeah. they they're kind of aggressive, um, maybe rude, uh, self uh, selfish. Yep. Um, they're lit. You know, they're always on something, <laughs> and you know, we kind of take we're kind of taking back some of that phraseology, if that's a word, yeah. to be. To be the salt and light, to to be the true saltiness, to be the true litness of uh you know within Christianity, mm-hmm. and that when we do it, it'll be appealing. So, uh, I just I guess I'll read it, yeah, and then we'll it's talk. A short yeah, it's a, it's just a few verses, like two or th- what three. Yeah, I'll read it. This is out the NLT. So for all you King James only folks, just <laughs> bear with me for just a moment. Uh, Matthew five verse thirteen says, "You are the salt of the earth." But what good is salt if it's lost its flavor? Can you make it salty again? It will be thrown out and trampled underfoot as worthless. You are a light of the world, like a city on a hilltop that cannot be hidden. No one lights a lamp and then puts it under a basket. Instead, a lamp is placed on a stand where it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your good deeds shine out for all to see so that everyone will praise your heavenly Father. All right, so we're talking about salt, light. Salt and light. Those are the two. So what are your thoughts on some of this? Well, I think first just to kind of give you a breakdown and like for me personally when I'm reading and I feel like everybody that's listening should take this, always just try to kind of get an understanding of why they chose to, you know, either use that analogy or like what the purpose of this thing's like how their traditions were like always try to look at the context of it. So within a little bit of research, salt had like two main purposes in the middle East, Mm -hmm. um, during the first century. So obviously, uh, because of lack of refrigeration, salt was used to preserve food. So you would like cover your food in salt. Yeah. Like 
I've heard somebody there talking about like deeply rubbing it in. Like mm-hmm. if you were getting a massage, like the best massage of your life. Yeah. But with salt. <laughs> but so like this was really um, common and you see it still used as a practice today in countries that don't have a lot of refrigeration. Like I think I was watching a documentary um, and uh, I think like the this like Eskimo tribe, they c- completely salted their fish and just kept it out in a shack uh, during the warm season and it would keep it preserved. Um, so, like, in the Middle East, especially the meat. Um, it was hot. It would, it's hot. So, hot. it would spoil super quickly um, in the desert environment. And then the second thing is what I feel like 99% of Americans use it for is uh, it's a flavor enhancer, right? It is literally, uh, I feel like everybody, I feel like now it's kind of getting to the point where people don't sprinkle as much salt, but. A lot of people use it. I've, I yeah. know, like, if I go to a church cookout, everybody's looking for the salt, sprinkling mm-hmm. it on their food. I mean, because it tastes good. I put it on that macaroni. Um, and so those were the two that were important for the salt. For the light, you got to take into consideration that there was no, like, electricity, obviously. I hope I don't have to explain that in any form. What? <laughs> no electricity. <laughs> so there's no electricity in the middle of the But desert. there was internet, though. <laughs> Yeah, sure. <laughs> on their iPhones and everything. Um, but so we've gone camping before. And this is like, what, an hour out of the city? Like, you know, kind of in the mountains. Just And where we go where there's like not no. Yeah, so like, my favorite trip is a place called Burles Ford. Mm-hmm. And that's where you're talking about, right? Yes. Uh, and, yeah, you're deep. You're miles into the wilderness on the river. And there is no light but the moon. And if yes. the moon's covered up, by that was, if it's cloudy, like... There, that one trip, man, like, in, it was right when our fire started dying. Like, mm-hmm. oh, I yeah. couldn't see you anymore. Mm-hmm. And, like, it's kind of alarming because you're trying to navigate. But the bears can see you. Yeah, right? the bears can definitely <laughs> see you. That was, that was a story for another day. But so to put in contracts, like, I mean, there's no light whatsoever. And the key point where it says uh, one puts a lamp... um or put one instead a lamp is placed on a stand where it gives light to everyone. And in that culture, these light, these little lamps were, I mean, not huge at all. Like for a household. I mean, they were super, they were kind of small really to be honest. Like a candle. Um, I guess like from what I kind of gathered, like maybe like a little bit bigger than your iPhone, like, you know, and and they probably had like bigger lamps, but like that analogy is saying like, because they were smaller, right? You wouldn't place it in a corner or something. It would be placed on a stand up so it could emanate the light around the room. So I just kind of wanted to give that context for okay. uh, two people or for the those two contrasts uh, for the, the people listening. Because, I mean, it took me a second to kind of do a little research and understand it. Yeah, so I wanted to kind of go through some things about the salt that are important and then go through some more details about the light that are important. Yeah. Um, because there's different phrases. I mean, we're talking about sodium chloride, baby. <laughs> we're talking about yeah. the salt. And so what does it mean? Like how how can we tie if Jesus says be the salt, be the light, it's like, okay, you said that the salt has jobs that it does, mm-hmm. the light has jobs that it does. What does that mean for me though? Um, and so I want to kind of try to tie together the correlations between Absolutely. if you we talk about this being equipped to be black sheep all right 
the black sheep of the culture where you're being a sold-out Christian in a time and age where people are deconstructing left and right because they don't they haven't witnessed Christianity. Yeah. They've writ, they've witnessed a counterfeit of Christianity. So everyone's deconstructing because what they see might not be true followers. Yeah. And so Jesus has laid out, "Hey, you're blessed if you do this and all the beatitudes." And then now we're going to say be the salt and light by doing these things. And so let's talk about sodium chloride. It is a beautiful chemical that makes up the preservative and the and the grains of little white goodness that we put on our food. <laughs> um, there's this phrase. Uh, you ever heard it? Worth your salt. I have not. You never heard if I said if like so. Uh, we were working on a job together, and I would say, "Man, uh, you're worth your salt." Or I would say, "That guy over there, he's not worth his salt." You never heard that before. So, like, I guess in the. Um I'm just trying to understand it. So, like, don't waste putting your salt on something that, like, it won't make it taste good. Well, so the the origin of this is with the Romans and maybe earlier, but they all the history stuff I read about salt in this phrase is that, well, salt is high value. Yeah. So we said how it's preservative. So salt is of high value. So, first of all, the correlation here is a Christian, like, you're you're expected to have value within your beliefs as as you interact with other people. So, but if I say that guy's not worth his salt, I'm saying he's not of high value because mm. he's not putting in the work. Because the Romans, some some say that the Roman soldiers would get paid in salt. I've heard some people say really? that's not true because of its high value. Because think huh. about it, they're having to use salt for refrigeration and things like that. But also they would say that you're not worth your salt because that is what they would like today we might say gold. I mean, I know gold was valuable back then, but uh salt's more prevalent than gold is. Yeah. So uh if you're not worth your salt, this this phrase of saying that uh I'm gonna pay you because you were valuable and you're gonna use your pay to go buy stuff like salt. So it's just like this old phrase. I'm surprised you never heard of that before. Man, it might be the generation gap now. Yeah, I know, I know. And so, uh, if you are worth your salt, like that's just saying, like you're good. Yeah, you're you're valuable, and so you have a high value. Uh, and so, with when it comes to the preservative fact, you know, salt was it was something that they were going to use for that. So, to have salt is of high value, and to have a Bible believing, Bible following, and loving Christian. So you can't, those two don't cancel out. Those two uh, are, they kind of piggyback on one another. And they add, so when you add salt to something, it makes it better, right? And when you add a Christian, it should yeah. make the situation better. Oh, yeah. I mean, so like I felt like, so with the preservative standpoint, because of the two purposes, I was trying to get an understanding. I didn't realize how valuable salt was back then which makes sense, but it even kind of ties into like, because salt was used as a preservative, like we're supposed to be preservatives to the world. Right. Mm -hmm. So like, yeah. um, basically like we're the only thing that's going to preserve it from continue to go in the direction of evil. Right. So like we have this moral standard yeah. that we live by and it's going to continue to be corrupted by sin. 
Um, because and, then, and like if you look at preservative, like I said, as a, the only way I understood it and kind of had watched a documentary was like, dude, they freaking rub their food in salt. I'm talking thick salt and threw it in a shack. It went through hot, cold, rain, little light snowstorms. I mean, it went through all these pretty intense um, environmental changes, and it still kept the meat at the same consistency that it was. Mm. What You know what I mean? So that, like, it wasn't phased by all the other things that were going on. You go know what I'm yeah, saying? So Christianity helps preserve the world. Like, it helps pervert preserve the goodness in the world yeah. because of the moral standard that Christianity uh, is trying to spread, mm-hmm. which is the morals of God, not the morals of man. Because if you go around and ask everybody if they're a good person, yeah. uh, you know, everybody says yes, but they all have different standards of what goodness is. And what Christianity does with the Bible is it preserves like a moral standard. And when the world is like, you know, no matter what is coming at it, as long as you are living by the standard, you know, it's yeah. preserved. And also, like, one thing I liked, like, it's not like, I mean, I guess how the NLT reads it. It's not like you're kind of like this or you are similar to or you have the same attribute. You, you know, you say have the same quality. Like, it's like you are the salt. Yeah, you like, are that is it like straight to the point just as in the same it says what the you are the light like you are the light point blank simple if you're a believer following christ you know under the guidance of the holy spirit submitted to god this is what you are yeah i had that i had that underlined too that like this passage is talking to you yeah it's talking to you as a believer so if you're listening to this right now and you're saying um i want to be impactful i want to have influence for for God, for Christ, uh, this passage is saying, well, yeah, that's your yeah. job. You are the light. Yeah. You are the salt, and you're going to do these things that salt and light are supposed to do. And 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 to also kind of hit a note on, because you were definitely talking about the contrast between, like, fake Christians and real Christians. We talked about it in the last episode. A gentleman that I had encountered um, in my earlier years when I wasn't a believer, or I wasn't following Christ. That man was living by the word, mm-hmm. and I could spot him out immediately. And I didn't even, like, have a relationship with Christ back then, but I knew I had seen Christians, and, like, you know, especially growing up in the South, um, obviously a lot of people know about the Bible Belt. There's a church, and every th- stone's throw mm-hmm. away. But it was just something was different. Like, you, it, it was like a light. Like, as I look back at it now, like, he kind of stood out. Mm-hmm. Um. And it was just like, wow, man, like something's changed. Something's different about you. And I don't know what it is. And then you, you could just tell by his, uh, the way he held himself, the conversations, like how patient and lo- you could just show he was emanating or um, what would be the word? Like he was like a light, like he was radiating yeah. these qualities of a Christian I'd never seen before. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I want that, whatever that is, that is something. Now, was that what? convert but like it always stuck in my head was that what like made me a believer right then no it took time but like i will still to this day always talk about that individual because it was just amazing i'd never seen something like that before yeah so as we talk about the taste of salt being the the other thing like it adds to the flavor right you used the word 
uh, I don't know what the word you used was when you were talking about salt, but use a flavor enhancer. Enhancer. There you go. Yeah. It, it it enhances flavor, and one thing to remember is that salt is not the food. Mm. Salt is an additive to the food. It's an enhancer to the food. So when we say that you are the salt of the world, you are not the world. Mm. You are in the world, but not of the world. Amen. You're in the world adding influence. You're enhancing Christianity in the world. You're making the world a better place when you are a Christian yep. that is following Christ. Now, why do I have to say that you're a Christian following Christ? Because <laughs> it, it seems kind of dumb that I have to keep saying if you're a Christian following Christ, because in today, everybody uses words like words mean different things. Yeah. And in our day and age, Christian might not mean follower of Christ. Well, that's the thing. I think um, like we have, you know, we have a common friend that's a non-believer that hangs out with us a lot. He hangs out with a lot more believers than he does non-believers. And he'll hear some of our conversations where we say that. And he's like, he's like, why do y'all have to keep on making that statement so clear? He asked me one day, he's like, why do you keep having to say that? And I was like, unfortunately, man, like there's a lot of people that want, I mean, like I've said before, like a, a, a person that unconditionally loves you and is willing to die for the, the sins of the world just so you can um, have an opportunity to have a relationship with the father and like live in eternity and paradise. Mm -hmm. Like, that yeah, I would anybody. If you told somebody like it would be, I mean, I couldn't even put it at a, a, the dollar amount, but and this is a billion dollars, and I'm just giving it to you because, and it could change your life, mm -hmm. right? Yeah, I would want it, but then if you said I give this to you, but then also now like you're gonna have to die to yourself and give up who you are and like what you love, mm -hmm. but here it is, like this is a free gift. Then, like, people want the they want the gift, but they don't understand the second part of it. And I think that's where, like, if more Christians, as as we use our motto, the black sheep in, of the culture, but also if we were really the salt of the world, enhancing the world, um, where there's situations where, um, like, if there's a, a, a tense situation where, like, we're the peacemaker, if, we're, if there's uh, an opportunity that is being a place that's being neglected. We're there to serve. Like, if we're there to enhance it and show love, like, man, like, I'm a lot more of the world would understand the the what it is to be a Christian and understand that. Well, a lot of people that hold the title of Christian are more apt to be held under the title of, like, a welfare, welfare Christian, mm -hmm. where uh, someone that's on welfare, what are they doing? They're receiving goods, right? Now, whether you have ideas on whether they should or not, that, that's not the point of this conversation. A welfare Christian is someone who receives all the stuff because they hold the title Christian, but they never contribute anything. Mm. And uh, they have the ability to contribute, but when you're just, you're just like, I've received God's grace. I'm a welfare Christian. I receive, I'll just keep on receiving that grace. That's great stuff. I love it. But you never contribute with these deeds that we're talking about and you know if i if i'm offering a job to somebody and one of them hasn't worked in 10 years and one of them has been grinding it out and it's just trying to do it like that the the one that's been grinding out that's the more appealing candidate right yeah 
and now salvation is not a job, but like yeah. when I'm just talking about, as we talk about Christians in the world, who's the more appealing? Yeah. It's the one that's enhancing. It's the one that's giving back. It's the one that's doing the things to help those around them, the one yeah. that's selfless. Oh, yeah. And uh, I was just going to say that, you know, that the salt is separate from the food, just like the Christian is separate from the yeah. world. Uh, they're not doing the things of the world. And one thing, another thing that salt does as far as taste is sometimes it brings flavor to a completely tasteless food. Oh, 100%. Uh, people, people that are just like dying in their sin, uh, that, that little bit of salt that you bring to their life, like it might bring them alive. You, you start sharing the gospel with somebody and they're just like struggling through life. That little bit of salt might bring might be the thing that brings flavor to them. That, oh, I'm that so glad you said that. I, like immediately, the thing that I thought about was we went to uh, Crackle Barrel on the way home. You know, Crackle Barrel. Mm. That's a, that's my place. <laughs> Had grits, right, dude? They gave me plain grits on accident. And I took one bite of it, and it. If you've ever had grits without salt, you know, or anything added to it, especially salt, but those things taste completely different. Mm, yeah. Like just like it. I honestly didn't even want to eat them, and I was like, "Where's the salt? Like, do we have any salt? Mm. Do we have a little?" Because I wanted to spruce this up because like it was so flavorless. Like I was like, "This isn't even palatable." Like I was like, "I don't even want to eat yeah. this." So, um, but I did have an ask. I did have a question about the flavor. Sure. Um, and so, like. Because I've had someone ask me this before. It says, well, what good is salt if it's lost its flavor? And we're saying we're the salt, right? The Christians are the salt. So, like, does it, what is that kind of, like, meaning? Is it just saying, like, if salt isn't up to its purpose? Like, I was just trying to get an understanding. I've had someone ask me, is that, like, a, a, a salvation thing where it's, like, you here's know, what I think are we is. able to lose ourselves? You know? Here's what I think it is. When you talk about salt losing its flavor, salt losing its ability to enhance. Mm. How does how does a person lose their ability to enhance the gospel? Well, they ruin it with uh, a false testimony. Mm. And when I say false testimony of, hey, I'm saved, I'm a Christian now, guess what? Let's go do all the exact same things you're doing. And now my testimony has been diluted because it, my testimony doesn't actually match my actions. So now when I go forward and try to minister the gospel, but everyone knows that I've been saying the gospel and then doing the things of the world at the same time, now the salt has lost its flavor. There's no, because I keep trying to sprinkle my salt everywhere, but they're like, ugh, like that's not good salt because you are uh, of the world. It's when you are of the world and not just in it being the salt, now your salt has lost its flavor because you just kind of speaking out of both sides of your mouth. No, that's a good point. I mean, I think that's a good point because, I mean, I remember talking to you a lot of times where, like, you were like, are, are you having any opportunities to talk to people about Christ, like, at your workplace or anything like that? I'm like, no, no. And uh, it took years, right, until I really started changing becoming a black sheep in culture until I really started taking that seriously. Um, I was like, man, like I'm having all these opportunities to talk about Christ. Right. Because like at one point my salt didn't have flavor. Mm -hmm. Um, and I'm like, why do like, why don't you want to talk about Christ? Why does anybody want to hear this? And then it's like, well, once my salt had flavor and they saw that, like 
you know, I'm not saying I'm perfect, but they saw an authenticity where they saw true transparency and being humble and being like, dude, like this is what God's done mm. for me. And like, I'm I, like, I can't save you, but I'm, I just want to show you, I want to talk to you about it, man. Totally different. Right. But it took me separating myself from the world and, and truly submitting to this and like living by that. So for anybody listening, I feel like that's an important thing to say is like, if you feel like you never have an opportunity to talk about Christ, does your salt have flavor? Like, are you really living this way? Are you like, are you still just kind of doing the same thing that you're doing and going to church on Sundays? And that's not to like beat anybody up. It's just like, have a true self-evaluation and be like, is my relationship with Christ where it needs to be first of all, but also does it look like what it says is in the Bible? Like, yeah, does, does it, it look like? does it match what the biblical like the biblical standard, the Bible, does it match that? No. I think that's a good question to ask. So that's those are some of the comments I had. Uh, there was one more thing. Salt, if you just take the entire container of salt and you just let's say you got a really juicy steak, right? Um you take all of the salt and you just dump it all on the steak. The steak no longer taste the same actually the salt is overwhelming Mm. and so one thing like we have a lot of good things to say about salt but sometimes the salt can have be negative if it's too much and what i want to say is sometimes people are overwhelming with their saltiness where they're trying to preach who jesus is but they're just bashing people over the head with it and not like being personable not being relational I think the best way to minister to people is through relationships. That's not the only way. I mean, many pe- people are saved on street corners and stuff like that, and that's great. But sometimes people are just overwhelmed by, like, they can't even talk to you because you're always trying to convert them. And we don't want to always be trying to convert people. I, and we've said this before. Like, we don't convert anybody. Yeah, That's the job of God. We just live it out. So, don't let your salt be overwhelming. Don't be only pouring salt on the food because then all that person that you're trying to witness to, all they're ever going to taste is just like, you're just always trying to shove Jesus down my throat. Yeah, and that's one thing I'm so glad you brought up, and I know this might be a shocking thing for our audience to hear, but like, not every conversation <clears throat> has to be a Jesus conversation. I use it as the analogy like this. Like, when... You're okay. So here's the thing. If you're in a grocery store, right? And I'm standing in the line and I see this lady flip her lid, start cussing out the cashier, you know, all these things, blah, 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 blah. And she's making a giant scene, right? People are going to notice that and they're going to see that. They're going to see the actions and the, the, the personality first, right? But I might have actually missed that, like, the cashier was given that lady attitude and was being rude to her and had probably, like, just, like, said something, you know. She, she might have had a part in this, too. But what I saw was the action. So that's how I look at it with Christians. It's like sometimes what speaks louder is you being the salt and the light to the world rather than you preaching the gospel at them. 
when that door is finally open because they see the action, they're like, what's different with you? Like how I said that individual I knew in high school, I'm like, what is different than you? And he's like, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a Christian. I believe in Christ. Mm -hmm. Like that, then that, then the Jesus conversations come in, but that is sometimes not the first thing to uh, really draw someone in. It's to really to see the action. Yeah. Like when I was on staff as a pastor and been in these different pastoral roles, one thing that I tried not to tell people was it's like, well, uh, we'd be talking about church and be like, I'm actually one of the pastors there. I tried not to say that because people react differently, but you're much more able to like have normal conversations and people think highly of you when you just live a Christ-like life mm-hmm. instead of holding on to the title of, I'm actually a pastor, so let's talk about Jesus. Yeah. Saying I'm actually a pastor, so let's talk about Jesus is not nearly as effective as, hey, like I saw your grass was up high. I'm your neighbor, so I just cut it for you. Yeah. And they'd be like, man, why is that guy so nice? And it's not because, it's not because I'm trying to convert you. It's not because I only do these things for you because, well, I better do these things because he might ask me about Jesus if I do these things. Yeah. Like that's not the goal. The goal is to be like Christ, and then. God does the work to hopefully and prayerfully when we talk about praying for people that it would open their eyes to see like, oh, wow, yeah. you know, something's different with these yeah. folks. So I think we've covered the salt yeah, let's, enough. Let's hit um, the light. Let's hit the light. So another, lit. another key point <laughs> is that verse 14, you are the light of the world. And now I know you are very like, it's so funny because we get together if we have anybody who asks about this, I'm very passionate about the light. You're very passionate about the salt. Um, but I love verse 15. So it says, you are the light of the world, like a city on a, a hilltop that cannot be hidden. Right. And that makes sense. Like obviously in the dark desert, if a city was well lit and it was like a thriving city um, and it had life, like you could see that from miles. And we're just thinking about New York city. Yeah. At nighttime, that place is lit up. Now I've never been there and I've, really plan to never go because I'm I don't care anything about New York City. I'm yeah. not that type of person. But if you come out to the sticks out here, <laughs> there is nothing. Like you there's some places where you gotta turn on the brights and you can't see nothing yeah. for miles. Like so New York City, it's lit up. At night it stays lit up. Yes. And so you talk about this city on a hill, there's yeah. no question. And like, it can't you can't hide it. Like right. you couldn't do anything to cover it up. But then verse 15, I felt was like kind of like a self-explanatory thing, but it's like no one lights a lamp and then puts it under a basket. Instead, a lamp is placed on a stand where it gives light to everyone in the house. And so I already explained that these lamps were not very, they ran off of oil, right? So like, you know, or they were a candle, but had an oil to it. You filled it up. And you had to place it on a nice spot that could emanate the light around. But it says no one lights a lamp and then places it on her basket. So that means, like, I really, and I hope I'm explaining this right. As Christians, and I hope I can get this across as like clear as possible. If you've accepted Christ as your Lord and Savior, and you believe that the Holy Spirit has changed you, it is not a gift that's just for yourself, right? But the reason you have to say that is because people do hide it. Yeah. So I, why do you think why do you think they hide it so much? I don't know, man. I think a lot They're of, scared. I think it's the fear. 
Because, like, it's once you accept Christ, here's the outlook. Okay. Once you accept Christ, there ain't no going back, mm-hmm. right? It's not a popularity. <laughs> it's not the popular religion. It's, it's not even a religion. It's not the popular. It's not popular to the world. Yeah. Point blank simple. I don't even want to call it a religion. I don't want to call it this. It, it's not popular, right? You, it's in the Bible. It tells you about how like, you're going to be ridiculed. Like, if you look at any of the believers in the Bible, like, they all died a martyr, martyr's death. Like, this is not something you do to create a higher status for yourself or just get all the royalties, right? Right. So what cracks me up is like, man, you are on fire for Christ. You believe that God is changing your heart and like, oh my gosh, this is not, there's no other explanation but God. And then it's like crickets. It's like, it's like, then all of a sudden they get out and it's not like, they never want to talk about it again. And they, and they don't want to like the family member asks what's been up with you. And like, they don't want to reveal that they're a Christian to their family and they don't want to do this. And, and like, and their friends, like they, their friends don't see any change. And it's like, this is, you just put your light under a basket. Well, you, you said you're on, if you're on fire as a Christian, what does fire do? Fire emits light. Yes. So if you're on fire for Christ, you're going to emit the light. Yeah. Everyone's scared to, Everyone's scared to talk about it, and it it makes you wonder, like, is your conversion true? Like, is yeah. your is your belief true? Do you really have the faith, or was it an emotional decision? And I've said this before in a past episode where people are making emotional decisions to be Christians, emotional decisions to follow Christ. I went to a church. There was, he said, hey, if you know someone that is not saved, uh, bring them next week. We always have the most <laughs> salvations when we do this message. And uh, I was like, okay. So we did. Brought somebody. They got saved. You know, during the, me- you know, did they really during, like, that's not my place to judge. But, like, they have people coming up to the front saying we want to follow Christ, right? And what I call that is emotional manipulation. Churches are emotionally manipulating people into believing they are saved. Yeah. And then you say, well, where's your fire? Where's your light? You're not the salt. Well, they don't have it. They're, they're not on fire for Christ. Yeah. They had an emotional response. Yeah, I think uh, it, we'll have to talk about this in another episode. But I think there's there's a point to that as well is that the church isn't putting in like the, the the reason we even this podcast even exists is one by God, then Christ, but like also because there was a discipleship. Like I finally believed in Christ and then I was discipled into this. And like if you just like if you're just converting people and like they're on you're just if you're lighting the fire but not giving it the fuel. Yeah, because that's, that's the thing. This these churches would have you come up front yeah. and give you like a care basket, and then I see you. Yeah. yeah, like we've been camping, and like it. So we understand that when you light a fire, so say like, dude, we get a fire going, we start it up. If you start it up and just threw like some leaves on top and then walked away, you give it what thirty minutes, it's gone. Maybe 30 minutes. Maybe 30. For some reason, fires are incredibly hard to get going when you're camping. But if you if you cater to it and you feed it mm-hmm. and, you, and you fuel it and you stoke those coals and everything, dude, we've had fires last for eight hours the whole, through the, or for, until the next morning. Like. And you can, stand, you can stand five, 
10 foot back and you're still affected by the heat because the fire is going so yeah. strong. Yeah, so if you if you if you're fire if you're light, I'm using fire because it's like one of the best ways to give the for the What's analogy. the original, I mean, besides the sun and stuff like it's yeah. the original it's the original like and it, and that's but and that's what a lamp is like but if you're if you've lit that lamp, right? If you're if you have that light and you put that put it under a basket, one not only will the people be able to see it, but you're not you're going to you're going to suffocate it. You're not going to it's going to die out. Like the lamp like the reason a lamp works in a house is because it's one it's emanating light, but also it's able to breathe. It's getting cuz fire needs oxygen. So like this is science. Like fire needs oxygen. Science. If you put a basket over it or if you go to cover it, like it will stay lit under that basket for what? Maybe 5 maybe a minute, maybe 2 minutes mm-hmm. and then it will fizzle out. It's like our candles in the kitchen. When I don't want a bunch of smoke, I just take the candle in and just put it on there, and then it kind of contains everything inside of it. But it got, that's how I put it out. Yeah. So I think that's one thing that was like just a really. It just reminds key. me of the song, This Little Light of Mine. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to let it. And then there's the line where it says, Hide it under a bushel now. This says basket. I don't really. I guess a bushel is a basket. Yeah. I don't are you familiar with bushels? I thought they were for apples, but maybe I it's guess. a maybe it's an apple basket. I don't know. Maybe, but hide it under a bushel? No, <laughs> I'm gonna let it shine. That's what the, that's what the song says. But uh, so then, verse sixteen. <coughs> In the same way, so we just use we just understood fifteen. Um, uh, we just understood fourteen and fifteen. It says, "In the same way, let your good deeds shine out for all to see." So that everyone will praise, not you, right? But your heavenly Father. That's the whole thing. Yeah. Like the good deeds are for praising God, not for praising you. Everything that you do that's good is supposed to bring about change in other people for the glory of God. Yeah, like so. Like, I mean, this is when you see the religious hypocrites, like because when people have, you have good deeds, right? Mm-hmm. Because, like, obviously. Like Mr. Deeds. Yeah. Like we know that work is a a, a salvation, like, you know, works and salvation, it, it, your good deeds don't get you into heaven. So this is for your heavenly father. This is for God only. Jesus's disciples seek praise for God. Religious hypocrites seek praise for themselves. Mm-hmm. That And in that... If people have gotten church hurt or you're trying to, to figure out who are authentic and who are not, the ones that are like, look at me, check this out, just those are the hypocrites. I'm sorry. And that's okay. Like, acknowledge that yeah. and, and just be like people and understand that people are messy and maybe they haven't been discipled. Like, maybe this is a, a key point. But, like, the one, if you're looking, want to see an authentic Christian, it's the one that lives for, to, for the praise of God, right? Here's the other thing. And I, I know you're getting to cut it to the point where we wrap up, but so in Philippians two fifteen, Paul talks about this again. He says so, so that no, he talks about living lives. He says so that no one can criticize you. Live live clean, innocent lives as children of God, shining like bright lights in a world full of crooked and perverse people. Mm. And it's like, who gave us that light? John one, verse one four through five. The world, the word gave life to everything that was created and his life brought light to everyone. That light shines in the darkness and the darkness never can extinguish it. So here's the thing. We've talked about the salt. We talked about the light. Like your heavenly father, inst- <laughs> like 
made you, he gave you a purpose, right? Have a, have confidence that like you are to enhance the world. You are to preserve the world and that your light is going to emanate and that the darkness can't extinguish that, right? Like that you are now equipped to shine and, and, and bring glory to the father. And like, when you shine the light of Jesus, it says he is the light, right? Mm. So we're shining the one who is the light. And one thing that light does is expose darkness. And now we may have a, a part to play in helping someone identify their sin. But let me tell you what, more than you can identify someone's sin, when someone comes into a relationship with Christ, his light will expose the darkness and sin in their life. And you may play a part of that, but ultimately the Holy Spirit will do some major work in a person who is following Christ and wanting to know what do I need to do to be lined up with God. Amen. And his light will expose the darkness. And so if we're living it out, we're sharing that light. Someone receives it and they're like, you know what? I want that light that you have. And when they have the light that is the Holy Spirit, it will expose the things in their life so they can break free from those things that are holding them in bondage. Absolutely. Yeah, so there was there was one more thing I wanted to say about salt and light that, that you do with both of them. You sprinkle salt from above, and light comes from above. And so mm-hmm. as we talk about being the salt, being the light, we don't do this of ourselves. So if you're like legalistic, minded like I am like I <laughs> I am a legalistic minded person I have to fight every day to battle doing things just because the Bible says to do them because mm. you can do things and not love God so first we want you to uh, not only do things uh, for doing good sake you know just so you're a good believer but we want you to have your eyes on God that's one thing that I have to do I have to focus my eyes on following Christ. And when we sprinkle the salt, it comes from above. When we're being that salt of the earth, that is through the power of the Holy Spirit. So don't go out there and start cutting everybody's yard without praying, without fasting, without reading the Bible, without being in relationship with other believers, and ultimately without daily uh, confessing, repenting, and believing in God and and praying and trying to uh, cultivate that relationship, the salt is sprinkled over your food. The light comes from above. All of this power that we have to witness and to win people to Christ only comes through the power of the Holy Spirit. And if you're not trying to cultivate your relationship with God to improve it, you're not going to be able to do these things. These aren't done just by man's ability. These are done through the power of the Holy Spirit. And so as we try to you know, help equip you, like we always say, you know, first and foremost, it is through your relationship with Christ that these things are going to be the result. When you're following Christ, these things are the result. So we hope that uh, we've given some clarity. Hope that uh, maybe we explained in depth some of the background for this passage. And uh, we hope that you were equipped because that's what we love to do. Absolutely. If you uh, enjoyed this episode, please drop us a review. We need more of those. Um, I looked the other day. There's only a few that were from the beginning of when we started releasing episodes. So please, if you haven't uh, given us a written review, please go do that. We would love that. And check us out on Instagram and 
TikTok. We have lots of new TikTok followers, so shout out to all those TikTok followers. And until next time, we'll see you in the next episode.